basically there are three real big problems that I'm kind of addressing for, for remote work as managers. Lack of access to information, those are your employees. We talked about that. This one, lack of social interaction. So we talked about informal communications need to be intentional in the office. We're talking about in-office connections, communications, intentional with that. But the out of office social connections, we were talking about how bad loneliness is for your health. It's as dangerous as being an alcoholic and twice as dangerous as obesity. That's how serious isolation and loneliness is. The last challenge is really the lack of face-to-face -face supervision. So those are the three challenges. Welcome to the Impact Leadership Podcast brought to you by Cartavera, a leadership development ecosystem that helps you grow your people grow your business and grow your life. This is episode 72 and our special guest is Colleen Clarkson. The title is Working Remotely, What You Need to Know to Lead and Manage a Remote Workforce. In case you missed it, the world has shifted during this COVID pandemic. People who said they would never have a remote workforce, never allow it, it would never work, are doing it. And in many cases, it's working. And in some cases, it's not. We have new challenges as leaders and managers. We have new questions to ask and answer about what does it mean to build culture? What does it mean to support our team? How do we build a good team? How do we work together? And how do we collaborate together when we are working remotely? So many questions and frankly, so few answers. But we have Kaleem with us today, who is an expert in this business. He's the chief operating officer and a co-founder of a company called Blend Me Inc. He also helped create Remotely One, a members-only community for remote work professionals. And Kaleem was also recently named one of the top 15 remote work advocates and leaders by All American Speakers Bureau. Kaleem is here today to share his wisdom and experience on remote working and the remote employee experience. Podcast, where we explore leadership, business, and personal growth to help you grow your business and live a richer life. We're your hosts, Jeff Dishwitz and Craig Matthews. We believe that leaders have to put their people first. And if you don't have time to grow your people, then you're not leading. Get ready for conversations that will challenge your thinking and help you transform your leadership and your business. Welcome to your bigger business and bigger life. We are back here on the Impact Leadership Podcast, Craig and I, with our special guest today, Colleen Clarkson, coming to us from the Atlanta, Georgia area. I had the opportunity to meet Colleen a couple of, probably a couple of months ago now on a platform called Lunch Club. If you haven't heard about it, check it out, lunchclub.ai. I'm a big fan. I've met some fascinating people like Colleen. Colleen is the COO of a company called Blend Me which basically helps companies with remote workforces. Hmm. I don't know if any of you are dealing with that today. <laughs> like everyone. Yeah, <laughs> right. But not only from a perspective of how people work from home, but how do you manage workforces? How do you onboard when you're remote? How do you offboard? How do you communicate? How do you, how do, you do business when your workforce is remote? And so this is a, a brave new world for everyone. I think an interesting fact about Kaleem, he was – He's born and raised in Bangor, Maine. Uh, I'm blessed to have been to Maine, which is a cool state. Famously, the home of Stephen King. 
Ah. Some of us have heard of that gentleman, the great author. And I always, I love this about Kaleem because on his LinkedIn profile, he talks about being a husband and a father. Hmm. And that to yeah. me can be often so much like an obvious thing. But when someone lists that, that tells me that those are important to Kaleem. So welcome, Kaleem. Yeah, welcome. Thank you. Thank you, Jeff and Craig. I appreciate it. Um, I enjoy I enjoy talking. I, 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 <laughs> I found out very young that the name Kaleem actually means speaker in Arabic. So what a funny coincidence, right? Okay, Jeff is now formally changing his name, Kaleem Nishwitz. <laughs> I got enough trouble with the last name. I don't yeah, that's right. Imagine both of those together. Yeah, let's keep it simple, folks. That's why, I get, that's why my children, my children, both my sons have four letter first names, Eric and Kyle. We're not going to make this a mess. So, Kaleem, thanks for being here. Give us a little more of this, the Kaleem story beyond the bio I just shared. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, again, I grew up in Bangor. I'm really proud of the 207, the whitest state in the country, by the way. <laughs> oh, really? Is that true? Yeah. So if some of you can't, some of you who are listening to the podcast, I am African-American. And uh, so, yeah, I had a very interesting childhood. It was great, actually. I wouldn't trade it for the world. I love, love being from that state, love going back to visit. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't change where I grew up for the world. It was, it was awesome. So, um, I ended up going to college in Worcester State University, University, played a little college football there. And um, during my time there, I got into a metal band. That's some things a lot of people may not know about me. So I was in a metal band in college, had the dreads and all that, you know. What did you play? Uh, guitar. Guitar. Okay. I have a Les Paul smart word. There's so much dust on it that I'm a little embarrassed. <laughs> I haven't played in probably, you know, 15 years. Wow. Yeah, so, I'm just uh, learning. <laughs> So yeah, I moved to Atlanta about 13 years ago, um, and my my partner, um, she graduated graduated with her master's from UConn in human resource management, organizational development. And in 2013, um, you know, before remote work was was hot, uh, I happened to go to a web development conference, and a guy named Matt Westgate was giving a talk on. Um, he was from a company called Lullabot. You know, they did a lot of big websites like the Grammys and um, some other CNBC, I think they did some big, big sites. Anyway, um, he was talking about how, how they were a, um, how they're using the word distributed. They were a distributed company. And the reason they, they preferred not to use remote was that it felt distant from a, hmm. from a location and virtual didn't seem real to their clients. So <laughs> it was fascinating to hear him talk about like the importance of words and meaning so yeah. I heard that talk and I was like, wow, they don't have an office and the <laughs> Grammys are their client. Wow. Yeah. So that, you know, flew back to Atlanta and I said, you know what? I know there aren't a lot of, you know, there weren't a lot of good strategic HR jobs. You know, there's a, a lot of people believe like HR, especially back then, benefits, complaints. Right. That's, that's we, the blocking and tackling. Right, right. So now we all know that, you know, strategic HR, seat at the table, you have CHROs, yeah. VP of people, a lot of those positions were not um, highly publicized back then. So we decided to create our own company called Blend Me Inc. 2013, we incorporated. And, uh, you know, for the longest time, it was a side hustle. And, you know, I fully believed in um, 
just the side hustle and just being comfortable taking it as as we could take it and we were very selective with clients one thing is is that we didn't want to be the company that tried to convince your company to work remote that was Mm -hmm. one thing that we learned very early um yeah if if you weren't interested in being any level remote we, we just chose not to not to go down that path so yeah i mean that's pretty much it now um you know decided to go full time this past uh may for so many reasons um, <laughs> hey i have family i had relatives i had Fine. you know colleagues texting me in april like blend blend me must be huge right now we're all remote and i'm like well <laughs> no we're not huge because there's a million you know there's a million consultants out there now obviously you know there's a lot of remote work experts now but uh yeah, we just said, you know what, why don't we just, you know, take take a stab at it. And now we're just solely focused on the remote employee experience. Wow, great. So, Kaleem, a couple of things I want to highlight from what you just said. You started this business in 2013 when remote work, distributed workforces, I mean, it was growing, absolutely, especially in the tech space. I think that's more typically where we're yeah. going to see it. And obviously now the world has shifted and we're going to talk about is it, you know, how do you see that? Is it a permanent shift? Is it a short-term shift? But I also want to highlight this. I didn't mention it in the bio because you said there are so many consultants right now. And yes, everybody's claiming to be a remote expert. (laughs) You know, in fact, it's funny people who have never worked remotely or they've worked remotely, but they've never managed people remotely, Mm. which is really Mm. the bigger issue. But I do want to highlight, you were recently named one of the top 15 remote work advocates and leaders by All-American Speakers Bureau. And that's a big deal. That's a Speakers Bureau that's the top speakers in every field in the world. Hmm. So this is not the guy who jumped into the game and said, oh, COVID, remote, I'm your guy. You've been (laughs) entrenched for this for a long time. And, And you are truly a guy that knows as a thought leader in this arena. Yeah, I mean... I learned so much from a lot of people and, and, and honestly, it was when I saw my name on that list, I was like, wow, like, Oh my gosh, you know? Um, <laughs> and I do have to give a lot of kudos to um, Laurel Farrell. Who's, who's listed. I think she's number one on there. Darren Murph. Um, um, Darren, Darren from work from is another Darren. I'm, I'm blanking on his name. Darren Buckner. Sorry, Darren. Sorry, Darren. Um, <laughs> And there are so many other people that have, that I've learned a lot from. So I have to give kudos and props to all of those people. Um, but I mean, expert's a weird term. I kind of consider myself a lifelong learner. I learned so many things. This is something that we've been reading and studying on. And you go through as, as a consultant or even as any professional, you kind of have this imposter syndrome <laughs> throughout the whole time. And if you don't, I mean, you know, bless you, you don't have it, but, but, but I think all of us, well, you might be a narcissist or associate. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. That's true. Maybe (laughs) it's true. Maybe. I mean, it's possible. Um, But, you know, you just realize that, you know, I was, I was actually, um, ah, I was on a lunch club. Jesus lunch club thing keeps popping up. If you don't know, lunch club matches you randomly with a video call with another person that you just don't know. It's super cool. Um, there's Sounds also like another one called totally Go scary ahead. to some people, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty scary. <laughs> but then there's another one called Growth Club, which I, you should check out as well, where you're actually matched with founders. You have to actually be a founder of a company to, to to join this one. So check out Growth Club as well. But anyway, I was on this um this 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 call with one with a consultant from Deloitte, 
and and I was talking about like, yeah, you know, we're doing this full time, and you know, what do you actually provide? And and <laughs> you know, like like I get it, you know, we've consulted with a, a, a few companies, and and I was like, well, what do you what do you provide? Because I just was curious, and like we sell powerpoints. <laughs> just plain as day. <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh. I mean, obviously, listen, we all know Deloitte's a gigantic company. They have tons of research. But at the end of the day, you know, she was telling me, um, um, oh, and actually interviewed with another person, not interviewed, but just had another lunch club with someone from Bain & Company. So it wasn't just, you know, one person telling me this, but, but anyway, at the end of the day, they said, they don't, because I said, well, anyone can go read these articles, these HBR articles and these other, this Gartner research, anyone can just go online and learn this stuff. And at the end of the day, she said, they don't have the time, nor do they have the patience to go yeah. read and learn that stuff. And it just kind of, you know, made me a lot more confident of, of <laughs> you know, back to, you know, I see myself listed, I, you know, talked to on a few conferences, I'll be speaking at Running Remote. Um, in, in November, um, and I'll be I'll be speaking at uh, Human Resources today. I'll be doing a, a webinar in December. So I've been doing a good amount of speaking, and it's just you know you sometimes need someone to tell you, hey, what you're doing, other people don't have the time to learn to read, right. to kind of think about all these different challenges. So thank you for for mentioning that. It was very humbling to be listed as one of the top fifteen, but. I'm 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 gonna be I'm I'm gonna tell you right right now that there are a lot of people out there that are experts that know a lot more than me, but um, I definitely like to work hard and, and, and try to suck in everything I can, you know. But that's what makes you an expert because you keep learning. Other people plateau. <laughs> as long as you're a few steps ahead of them, you can so advise. So let's jump into this whole thing, Kaleem. So obviously, yeah, nice. the world has shifted. And it's a pretty significant shift. Just speak for a moment about that shift. What have you seen happen, which most of us have seen, but what are you seeing sort of from the side of these companies who are now trying to manage these workforces and looking at the future? What's this look like? Yeah. So I, I, I definitely, we definitely need to talk about the change after, but I think something's very important for anyone who, it's kind of looking at this and, and one of the reasons why I decided to go full-time is like the cat's out of the bag, right? Like there's like before remote work, I, I love saying this before remote work was like this creepy, like folklore thing. <laughs> right. Like, they looked at you like, you work in your underwear. You know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> like you can like, you, you really work from home. Like, Oh sure. You work from home, dude. Like, like it was kind of like this thing only like back to, back to your point, a lot of tech. Um, yeah. But before COVID, I just kind of want to look at a, a couple of stats that I kind of wrote down to be prepared. But before COVID, like months before, um, Upwork had like a future workforce report. They, predict, they predicted by 2028 that 73% of all teams will have remote workers. Like it's not saying 78% of the world will be working remotely, but 78% of teams will have remote workers. Now, obviously, they're focusing on the gig economy, which I also believe is, is, is going to be a big piece of the future. People realize, hey, if I work on my own, I can make more money. So, mm -hmm. so you know, I, I, it, it's a thing that was happening. 
Then Buffer, which is a great company, they put out a state of remote work every year. Um, and they had, and, and this data was taken in November of 19. They did a survey. They, they've been doing this uh, state of remote work since like 2016. Well, their survey, the 2020 survey, 98% of the people surveyed wanted to work from home at least a part of the time. Wow. 10% of the population, um, the workforce, and this is from workforce analytics, they were working from home already. This is all before COVID. Yeah. And it was increasing every year by two or 3%. Now, are we talking about knowledge workers or is this across the board? I mean, they're using general numbers for everybody. So obviously you're not going to get to a really, 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 really high level because you know, I've seen somewhere like over 60% of the population right now can't work you know, remotely because they're in the front lines and stuff like that. Yeah. But um, I, I don't want to say yes, it's knowledge workers because I mean, geez, what? There's a knowledge worker. I mean, it's very difficult. Is a customer service agent? Is a customer service service agent? Somebody who uses, the, you know, who's working on the computer rather than say service manufacturing, um, those types of things where you have to be hands on with with customers or with product. Mm, okay. So. Okay. Yeah, that's that. I, I think I think that's a. That's interesting because I saw somewhere recently that a manufacturing company decided to let their people work from home um, because they have uh, those 3D printers. You know? yeah, okay. so, it's like, right. so now we're starting to, you know, like you're starting to see this, this ad adapting. So I'll go back to your original question where, where we were saying, but I just wanted to, to, to make sure that people realize that prior to the pandemic, these statistics were, were, were huge. Where we're seeing now post, you know, post-pandemic or, or during, I'll say post, um, is that, and here are a couple other stats I just want to throw out to, the, to, to everybody listening, is, is that like they're predicting after the pandemic. Right now, um, it was 12% 12, 12 of people are working from home. They predict it will be 30% after the pandemic. 30% of people, because like it's going to be, you know, people are going to stay, stay working remotely. Yeah. And I should say, got to so get out of my Just so I'm mouth. clear, Kaleem, 12% before. Yes. On a consistent basis like of some level. But yes. now we're going to go to 30%. So almost now triple. Go, yes. It literally says, <laughs> it's awesome. It says to nearly triple from 12% to 30%. Um, and the thing I should say, the, the words I need to get out of my mouth, and I love the HBR article just came out, the, the issue just came out, I think, a couple of days ago. It's, it's not work from home. It's work from anywhere. Right. Mm, yeah. Because one thing that we have to acknowledge, even as a person who who's advocating for, you know, remote work, um, this is not normal. The pandemic is not a normal situation. <laughs> um, as you know, you can't see me, but I'm a very uh, uh, I like to be around people. I like to be <laughs> I'm trying to you know, do some dances here and stuff like that. And I mean, I love to be in a room of people and just talking yeah. about anything that we can find to, 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 you know, to talk, you know? And um, I, so, so it's clear, it needs to be clear that people understand that this is not normal. Like right now is if you're having a tough time working remotely today or since, since COVID-19 and you're like, I don't want to work remotely right now is not normal. So don't judge remote work during the pandemic. Yeah. I go to co-working places because I love that energy of other people heads down. It kind of I'm a competitive person. 
So there's something in me that's like, okay, everyone here is getting after it. I need to get after it. So it makes me focus. I love Starbucks. Um, I love going in there and getting it done. So, so that's, that, that's important. And then one last thing about after, um, there was another survey that went out that said, you know, 55% of all employers anticipate having some sort of flexible remote work option. Yeah. So like, this is, this is, we're not going back to normal, you know, we're not going to normal, right? We're not going back to, you know, walking the floor and making sure that you're getting your work done. Like people have seen that they can be very productive. Yeah. So going back to Tom Peters, you know, he had, he coined the phrase management by walking around. Uh, it's, it's not quite the same thing anymore. No. Well, no. so, so Kaleem, let me ask you this question. You know, we're in the pandemic eight, nine months now, and you're seeing this from the company side. You mentioned a couple, an interesting statistic you said pre COVID something like 98% of the people wanted some sort of flexible workability, including remote 98%. Correct. Correct. You're, they're predicting, you know, 30% after COVID when it was 12% before. That's which correct. Means a lot of people are going to go back to work in somewhat of the, the past way, right? right. But what right. I'm hearing is you had a lot of people who want to do this and a lot of people are loving this. Mm. So what mm. are you hearing or seeing is going to happen with sort of that collision of companies saying, come back, people saying, uh, no, <laughs> yeah. I like this. I yeah, like so- seeing my kids. I like seeing my partner. I like having dinner. I like having my life. Or the other I- way. I'm sorry. Or the other way that people are just saying, holy crap, I can't stand it being here alone. I need to be back with people. Correct. So, you know, I don't have any necessary numbers for that, for for the differences between those, but you're both bringing up uh, a very valid, valid, and and it's going to be a a challenging question. (laughs) So, so back, let's just use Craig's example, right? Like I, I, I am kind of one of those people in between, like, listen, I want to go back to a place where I can have that um, connection with people. Yeah. Right? And, and the other thing is, you know, I have some colleagues who are single. Like that's, you know, a lot of people, we, you know, right. everyone's talking about family balance and being home with the family and home with the kids, but there's a huge population that's single, yeah. you know, and, and their socialization was at the workplace. Um, and, and we are as a species, right? We're a tribal species. Yeah. You know, we're not like the hedgehog. The hedgehog has their babies or whatever, and then they just they live by themselves, right? They they're fine. No, we're, like if you go back in time, we're always around because like we're just tribal people, right? So so there's gonna be a, a huge percentage of the population that does want to go back, Craig. I I agree, but what they've also realized is those people have also realized that, wow, I'm getting way more done. <laughs> I'm actually overworking. Believe yeah. it or not, burnout and overworking are one of the biggest challenges to, re- to remote work that people yeah. don't talk about. So, um, yeah, you're going to have that. But then as a company, like, how, like to Jeff's point, I've been working remotely. Actually, my numbers have gone up. So why are you making me come back to the office? The response from leadership to that question? (laughs) 
I mean, I don't, I would advise, like if I'm, if, if, if somebody contacted us and said, Hey, we're going to require everybody to come back into the office. Um, well, first off, we wouldn't be working with them. Let's just say that, <laughs> <Right. way. laughs> just say that they were. Um, I don't know what I would advise to them, especially if you're looking at the numbers for salespeople, like sales are just numbers driven. Like the salespeople, I don't see how, if your sales have dipped, then, then you going back to the office. I mean, like, I mean, yep. like you don't have anything to stand on. Cause like, that's, that's everything. Yeah. But, um, well, there's some other factors as to why sales dip, but you know what I mean? Like, sure. like you know, obviously COVID, but your sales are different. Um, <laughs> but, but, but if you're, if your sales are, you know, hitting the numbers, as a leader, please don't give me the culture excuse. Right. Uh, we're, we're just not, we're just not, the culture is not the same. No, that's a, absolutely. That's a, that's a very weak, it's a very weak argument. We had a, uh, a guest yeah. on the podcast a while back, Larry English, who's CEO of Centric Consulting. They have a thousand people. It's always been no office and they get culture awards constantly. Well, to be I mean, clear, they don't even they don't only, they not only get the awards because there's companies that get awards oh, that yeah. their culture is yeah. actually horrible. Right. But I know people that work there; their culture rocks. They've truly right. built a family culture, a cared about. I mean, they have mm. nailed culture without ever having an office. Yeah. And, and he and I think you're right, Kaleem, because that's something that I've been sharing the last three or four months with leaders is. You thought your decisions were hard in March. Those were easy, my friends. Those <laughs> were just messy. You had to do it. But <laughs> now you got to deal with just what you described. Mm, you got people I live- from all different situations. Some want to mm-hmm. come back, some don't. Some are right. more productive. Mm-hmm. Now what do you and that culture answer is not going to fly with most of them. No, no. And I live I live in Atlanta, um, in the Sandy Springs area. And um, State Farm just moved their corporate offices here. And we have two huge skyscrapers. They built these. I mean, they're huge. I can't even believe they built them in like two years. There must be, I don't even know how many offices are in these skyscrapers. They're gigantic, you know? In addition, Mercedes just moved their corporate offices here. Wow. They so built your, a whole your traffic got worse. They, yeah. Yeah. They built a whole <laughs> mini city, a whole little mini city right across the street for all, like a lot of their employees to live. And I'm just thinking, what did they do? Huh. Like, what did they do? Mind you, on the flip side, I don't know if you've noticed this in the news, Pinterest, who is based in, in San Francisco, they have a huge office in downtown San Francisco. They just paid $90 million to get out of their lease. Wow. To cancel their lease. They paid $90 million. Like, just think about that. Like, no give me a piece of that $90 million to, to, to eliminate it. Because they're like, look, we're not going to pay the lease. They're like, well, you know what? You're going to pay us $90 million to get out of this lease. And they're like, bam, we're going to. <laughs> wow. So, um, yeah, we're seeing it. And there's a lot of challenges. So what we're seeing is, is that hybrid is obviously going to be um, – so you have three different types of what we like to call – we like to – at Blend, we call, quote, unquote, remote work. We call it telework. Um, and the reason why we use that term is it's the original term created by Jack, Jack Niles, you know, in like 19, like 70 something. So you're like a retro guy. Yeah. Yeah. I just <laughs> like to pay homage, man. Like I'm again, I, I like sports. So it's like, I, 
you know, you can't have, you know, LeBron without Michael. You know what I mean? Like, you can't have Michael without Bill Russell and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Like, that, that's who I am. Like, I'm that type of person. Like, what, you can't have Barry Sanders without Walter Payton. I mean, it's just, it is what it is. But so, so you know, we use remote work on our website and stuff because that's where everybody knows. But to us, there's different types of telework. And, and mind you, telework's used by the government. Um, and teleworks used by um, the international audience as well. So that's that's another reason why we, we use it. But we kind of feel like that there's three different three different types of quote unquote telework. You have fully distributed or all remote, which means you have no office at all. Um, and then you have no centralized workplace. We kind of use the workplace, a centralized workplace, as the identifiers, right? So fully distributed or all remote, there is no centralized workplace. Then the next one down, which I believe is going to be the future, um, would be what we call remote work because you have a centralized office of people who are working and then you have remote, you have people who are working remotely from a centralized workplace. Or what you've obviously seen today, you've probably seen hybrid remote. Hybrid remote is a term that's being used a lot right now. A lot of your people are working remotely and a lot of your people are going into the office. And then the last one, you have telecommute. You know, telecommute employees mainly work in a centralized workplace in an office and work wherever they feel comfortable, work from anywhere, you know, a couple times a week. So you have those three, those three things. Um, I believe that almost every company will have a telecommute option. I mean, and that means like if you if you have to go into the office, you'll have an option to work from anywhere, you know, because I mean, you have to have it. It's a great disaster to contingency plan as well. So I kind of feel like most companies will have some sort of option like that. Where I think the innovation is going to happen is in the hybrid remote model. And that's where I think most people fit kind of back to what Craig was asking earlier that population that that wants to go to the office, oh, they do. But if you live in Atlanta, you only <laughs> want to do. You only want to go into the office a few times a week. Even the person who like, you know, is can't handle whatever for whatever reason at home, even that person would enjoy not going into the office and battling traffic five so days about a week. Satellite offices? No, no, I'm talking about. Um, only commuting, um, some people going into the office every day. Yep. But what I'm saying is, if you're if you're talking about Atlanta, notorious traffic issues, as I would imagine mm -hmm. LA and several other places. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. if you're looking at the outskirts, like you know, going going into one of the suburbs and having offices there, then you may have people be able to move into that local area. They can come into the office more easily, um, but you can have some of those scattered throughout, and then connect those offices. Yeah, I can see scatter. I think I think Amazon is buying up more space, although I think there's a few companies that are still buying up more space. I think co-working spaces, if they can hang on yeah. during this time, I think they'll I think co-working spaces will increase in in um, you know, residents or or people who are who are in their in their space. As long as they don't turn um, into corona working spaces <laughs> right 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 and hopefully that you know we'll get through this like in 1918 right hopefully yeah. it's a two-year thing we're done 
Um, so, so yeah, I could see co-working spots, satellite offices I could see, but I, I believe the hybrid thing will, will probably be the biggest, the biggest piece because, Hey, you were driving in, you were doing that commute from the suburbs before. So we want you to come in, but we're only asking you to come in once a week. And in that hybrid model, where I'm seeing is, you know, opposite of telecommute because telecommute would mean you go in more than you work remotely. Um, the social interactions will be intentional. So yeah. I can see the way business works changing. Yeah. I can see you doing your work from wherever you feel comfortable, home, co-working spot, coffee shop, doing the actual tasks that you need to do there. Um, yeah. Kind of like back in high school when you had the group projects. The best groups, y'all came, we came together in high school, said, hey, what are we going to do? You figured out what you're going to do, and then you bolt. Like, you never stayed there for the whole period. When you had a group assignment, you were, especially in college, and, you know, as an athlete, once you had a group assignment, we, we'd be in there quick, be like, okay, what are we going to do? Okay, boom, 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 boom. Okay, you, gonna, you got that? You got that? Okay, cool. And you're out because then you had another hour of your lab or whatever that you could go, you know, have a couple of beverages or whatever. But you would go, you would do your work when you're alone because that's actually, in this research, you, con you concentrate the most when you're alone. You get your highest level of, of, of focus and mental capacity when you're alone. So where I see the, the workplace changing is, okay, we got to rethink how the office is. Well, so I'll, I'll push back on that a little bit. I will say that there are certain types of work that do require the interaction um, more so than just the solo production. So it depends well, on the type of work that you're doing as to what it can do, but absolutely. So you're talking about like creatives? Well, creatives that Even require movie, group. Movie right, input. so yeah, I'm, I'm actually talking about that. So like, for example, um, I, saw, I saw a video with one of the um, a director from Netflix. And she was talking about how, they're, how, how the creative team, how the writing team are actually writing the shows now, right? She was like, oh, we've always written shows together and we're kind of missing some of that. But, but they're still producing a lot of great content still. And I guess what I'm saying is those social interactions that you're talking about, those will be scheduled. Those yeah. will be planned. Those will be intentional. You're coming to the office on Tuesday of next week all day because we're going we're gonna, to, you know, we're going to brainstorm on how we can do this. We're going yeah. to figure out how to do this. Then, you know what, maybe next week we're going to have you um, – we're gonna work Monday through Wednesday, okay? And it's just gonna be a, um, a conference style type, type setup where you're going there intentionally to, to come up with ideas and collaborate and come yeah. up with all this great collaboration. Then you're gonna disperse and you're gonna, you're gonna get, get to work. So I yeah. just, I firmly believe the, the, the hybrid model is the future. There'll be less space, more training space, more conference room, more flexible space where you can bring tables together and work and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, that's just kind of my thoughts. Let's take a quick break and hear from our sponsors. The Impact Leadership Podcast is brought to you by Cartavera. Cartavera is a leadership development ecosystem with training, coaching, resources, events, and a community to help you grow. At Cartavera, we believe that you can't grow a business bigger than you, that your company is limited by your growth. 
We blend personal growth with leadership, team, and business growth to give you a single place to grow your people, grow your business, and grow your life. You can find out more at cardavera.com. Welcome back. So if, so let's talk about, let's talk about that. You made a comment earlier, Kaleem, that these folks are going to say, Hey, I like working flexibly, remotely different. I like the fact you've got different words. Company says, no, we need to have our culture. And you know, your, your response, we can't all see it. If they're not looking at the video, it was this face of, yeah, nah, that ain't, I ain't buying that. <laughs> well, so, but I think there are some leaders who actually believe it though. And some believe, and some leaders are saying that as an excuse because they really just want to have that control piece. Yes. Right. Or a sense yes. of control. Yeah. Or a sense of control. Yeah. Sense of control. Cause how many of us have just looked at a screen for hours before? Don't oh, lie. Right. right. How many people were on Facebook instead of actually working? Yeah. Right. Right. Don't lie. Yeah. I think that's a, that's an old story that's starting to shift. You've highlighted the challenges leaders are going to have, you know, your company as a consultant and a deliverer of a product and a service is designed to help. I would say somewhat with that culture element, because you can do these things, but we're going to have to do them differently. I think a lot of people in leadership say, we're just going to do the same thing. They just happen to be remote. And I'm guessing your perspective is that's not true. You got to do something differently. So speak to the differences. Yes. So yeah, thank you. Thank you for, for bringing that up. So what I, what, what we focus on is the remote employee experience and what that encompasses is, and I'll just kind of give you a little de- definition here. Like the remote employee experience is the full employee life cycle or the journey that an employee takes from the, the day they read your job ad to the day that they leave. Hmm. And in between, you have a whole, you know, and, and this isn't my definition. I mean, this is, you know, Gallup has the definition of employee experience. It's not just, you know, specific, but, you know, you have to um, attract the right employee. You have to um, onboard them. Then you have to, I'm sorry, you have to hire them. Then you have to onboard them. Then you engage them. Then you uh, set up their performance evaluations. Then you train them. Right. And then they you offboard them. So that's like the whole the whole sphere, right, of that experience. Well, the culture piece is kind of, you know, dabbled throughout all of those little all of those little areas, you know. Um where the culture, especially like when you start with onboarding, um, how is the culture? Are you guys still seeing me? Can you guys hear me still? Yep. yep. Okay, great. I froze. Zoom. Zoom is messing with us. Um, so even in the onboarding piece, or actually even in your job description on how you attract employees, right? That's like the first step. Are you articulating the accurate culture from day one? So a lot of companies have that, oh, we're fun culture. And then you get there and it's not fun. <laughs> right. Right. So, so you got to accurately, but you don't have to be this fun culture. That's the other thing that I, I talk about as well. You don't have to be this fun culture that everybody just loves and have fun. Like I believe Netflix had this statement years ago. I was like, look, Netflix isn't for everybody. After three years, you should be moving on. And you know, we work 60, 80 hours a week and blah, blah, blah. Like you can have that culture, right? Some people are gonna be attracted to that. Um, but 
that is kind of ingrained throughout the whole thing. So you have to attract them correctly. So you got to talk about that right on your website. And then in your onboarding, you have to reinforce that. Like in your onboarding program, you got to reinforce and provide examples because now you're, you're, you're trying to validate that employee's decision to go with your company, right? So now we're to the employee engagement piece where I think um, a lot of what you're talking about is where, where we spend a lot of our time. Um, so let's just think about a situation where a company is like, well, we need you to come back to the office because, um, you know, we're, we're just missing the culture, right? Well, the, <laughs> there are so many things within that, that, that statement that you're saying, like, okay, well, where are we missing it? Like, well, what specifically are you talking about? Okay, well, if you're talking about us getting together, um, well, then maybe we should schedule retreat every quarter, right? So um, a lot of people look at remote work as a huge cost savings, and there is a cost savings in areas, but you still have to spend. Like I'm sure the company you were talking about spends a good amount of money on ensuring that the culture is, is good there. Like you can't just Absolutely. say, okay, oh, yeah, we're not going to get rid of the office building that $90 million lease and we're not going to spend any more money. We're just going to save $90 million. Yeah. Your culture is going to be bad. Right. Right. So retreats are important. Retreats are expensive. You know, you got to fly people to a spot. You got to pick a pl- place, but having a good retreat is, is important with a goal. I think that that's one thing. Um, the next thing is, you know, some of the, the, the biggest challenges really that frustrate people um, are lack of access to information. So what happens when a manager is managing someone um, and that person is working, the person that's just like, you know, that manager hasn't checked in on me in, in weeks and I can't do my job. They're frustrated. They're frustrated. Well, if you're, if you're, um, if your framework's not set up correctly to work, then that, that staff person's highly frustrated. So they're frustrated not because of they need to see, you know, Jane, see her, their supervisor. They're frustrated because they don't have the access to the information they need to get the job done. So now that's a piece of engagement. So now you got to focus on, okay, how do we, how do we get the information? Do we have a wiki? Um, you have to rethink how you how you did business. A lot of times people are doing business before instant gratification. That's why they want you to be there. Oh, I need you. I need you to, I need you whenever I need you. <laughs> no, bro. Like you're interrupting me. Actually, I was heads down in something and you walked in because you thought your idea was more important than what I'm working on. Although that project's not for three months, but I'm working on something that's due next week. And now I got to talk to you for 45 minutes because A, you're my supervisor and you're just, you're just curious about what I thought about a project three months down the line. So the mentality has to shift towards more asynchronous. Yeah. More about um, you have to have trust. And that's a big thing that we, that we talk about with, with Blend, establishing trust. So you have to trust your employees and you have to, you have to establish that. So back to kind of like the lack of information, access to information, you have to think about, okay, um, how can I develop the system where everyone has the same, the equal access, that's important, the equal access to the things that they need to get the job done. So that's a huge piece of it. Um, so let, let me dive into this trust question, Colleen, because as Craig knows, we talk about trust a lot. 
I think it's a core cultural issue. I think it's one of the biggest misses because trust is often an issue, but it's not being addressed. I think mm. people assume trust and they don't right. like to talk about trust issues. So what are you, what's been your experience of deal addressing trust with, you've got a remote or hybrid workforce versus on site. I mean, there are companies, everybody's right there and they got you trust issues. Right. Now you got people off site. Do you see the trust issues higher, lower? Are they different? Oh, the trust issue. I mean, no doubt. I mean, before I answer, what do you, what do you, what do you two think? Craig, what do you think about trust in a remote space before I give, give my answer? Do you think well, there's more trust now or, the, or there's less trust? I think it depends on the leader because it, it ultimately comes back to is, is the leadership actually saying, look, we're, you know, we're looking at outcomes. We're not looking at time spent, you know? <laughs> so Kaleem's dancing here. He's doing a happy dance. I yeah. think it's a happy dance. Either that or you have to go to the bathroom. That's a very good, <laughs> that's a very good answer. What, what do you think, Jeff? What's your thoughts? Uh, I go to, there's two different, at least two different trust questions because okay. there's a huge trust issue about trusting that person. Are they doing the work? Are they actually productive? Yep. That's that's trust issue. I always say, if you didn't trust them at work, why would you trust them at home? It's an issue before. So right, that's, right. I think everybody's talking about that trust issue. I think there's another trust issue though, because again, organizations who everybody works together have trust issues about, uh, uh, frankly, a lack of alignment. You know, you yeah. say this and you do something else. I'm guessing that it's, um, I'm feeling like I hadn't thought about this. It's kind of a mixed bag because if I'm in the office, I see visually that leader or manager acting inconsistent with their word or the values. If I'm remote, I might not see it, mm. but if I don't trust them and now I go remote, I'm definitely not going to trust them more because I don't get the opportunity to see them get better. I'm going to assume they're not trustworthy. I think it's a very right. complex issue. Super um, complex. Depending on what the trust question is. Right, right. So I would say that there's like, if you're an organization that's doing well right now, then you already had established trust and the leaders had already established um, trust in the employee. But I feel like the trust works both ways. And that's what we talk about. You know, the employer needs to trust you to get the job done and kind of what you were just talking about, Jeff. And the employee needs to trust the employer that they're going to follow through on what they said. Right. So, so there's a huge trust issue. And the question is, is how do you fix that? Well, I don't know if there's, if it's a famous saying, but like, I've already, I've always heard that thing of like trust is earned type thing. Mm -hmm. Right. So you got to come up with ways to earn trust incrementally, but like from the employer's side, you kind of have to, from a remote work perspective, you kind of have to start off with, a sense of trust, trusting your process that you hired the right person. Mm. So did you, did you work on that process? <laughs> you know, did you, you know, did you, did you already work on that? Or are you just using a referral system, which, you know, I have so many, I don't want to go down that path, but like, are you just using the referrals from, from the buddies, 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 and the girls, 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 friends, like, or, or are you actively trying to go out and find somebody that, that, that can get the job done? 
But then you have to implement systems that build that trust. So yeah. like we were just talking about lack of, of access to information. Well, you gotta, you gotta focus on your documentation. You now have to write down your process so that somebody can get to it whenever they need to get to it. Now you have to change the mentality of being asynchronous. Ask your question, but that question may not be answered immediately. And I think that's the biggest, I think that's the biggest challenge for managers right now who are not, um, and I give all the credit to Darren Murph from GitLab. Um, I applaud you, I, I, I would you know, applaud you to go ahead and please take a look at Darren Murph and GitLab's dictionary of how they do asynchronous work. Their meetings are not required. You don't have to go to a meeting if it's called because they've implemented asynchronous, you know, now, now they are a version, they're in the tech space, so they're a version controlled um, system and version controls just like Google Docs where you can see the history um, and stuff like that. So, so like they take, you know, they take minutes, they take all these things, all these approaches um, to ensure that, hey, I'm, I know that I may not get a response immediately. I know that you may not come to the meeting, but you're going to be able to get all the information from a wiki. Now, it's not going to work for everybody, but like just that, I, that mentality of I need it now is gone. So documentation is key. Um, the other thing is, is like, there's a huge lack of social interaction. We talked about that. Like we talked about that and you can't um, undervalue the times where you go out for drinks, the times where you have informal communications, because what you're doing is you're building a rapport, you're building some sort of, you know, it's a thing you can't touch, right? That's culture, right? We're still talking about culture. It's a relationship. Yeah, yeah. So, so as a remote company, you have to be intentional about scheduling informal communications. Yeah. So like, if you don't have that, so you don't, now you can't do that. So like, you know, whether that is like, hey, whether we're going to have a Slack channel that just is about cats. For some reason, people love to talk about cats. So whether you have a Slack channel, I'm not going to say what I'm thinking in my mind, but like, you know, like there's a, there's a, there's a cat channel, maybe, um, you know, random channel jokes. And that's just on Slack. That's just on instant message. We've all seen these um, social uh um, I have a partner that I'm actually presenting with um, at another another event, um, David Clasco, who runs a company called Artly Working. <laughs> and they are, yeah, Artly Working. He is uh, an actor from New York, an improv actor. So he started doing these Zoom improv events for companies to build connections, and they're hilarious. I definitely suggest that you take a look at it. I'm hooking you up, David. So take a look at it because it's it's a cool idea. Like you get on camera and you do all this silly silly stuff because you got to get get connected. Um, and there's another person that I, I I'm presenting with at Running Remote um, who does social connect social connecting games, where like it's about building a true deep connection with someone. So for example. Like there's three different types of conversations, but like normally we do transactional conversations. Like, hi, I'm Colleen. I'm 29. I'm not 29, but you know what I mean. I'm I'm from I'm from Atlanta, right? Hello, um, Colleen. Versus, hi, hi. Versus the question of, hey, Craig, what's on your heart today? 
Wow, that's a big difference. Right? Yeah. So 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 now now it's like and then like the exercise is like, well, when you when you talk about what was on your heart, I noticed that you lit up during this part. Like that's what I'm supposed to do as the observer. Yeah. So that's an example of being intentional on informal communications. And then there's one one last big problem. Um, well, along the lines of informal lack of social inter interaction, we were talking about like work informal communications, you know, like the Halloween, the Halloween parties were pretty fun. I've seen on Zoom, um, things like that, games. But then as a leader, as a manager, you have to be aware of, the, of, of maybe some of your single employees who, who don't have any out of office social connections. Yeah. So what do you do? Like people are like, oh, why should I care about that? Well, by the way, there's like some crazy study that says like, and I love doing research and, and, and spitting out stats because it's like, I don't want to just be this person. Don't believe me. All right. If what I'm telling you, don't believe me, you go out and, and Google it yourself. You know what I mean? Um, but isolation and loneliness is as bad for your health as smoking 15 cigarettes a day. Wow. BYU. Just, to, just so y'all, that's Ivy, son. Hugs rock. <laughs> well, that's been the, yeah. the benefit of having my wife working at home, you know, during this time. <laughs> well, let me ask so, you about, about that, Colleen, because you, you've highlighted something, I think, um, mm -hmm. the, the way I'm hearing it. I see a lot of people who are doing a compare and a contrast approach. So what they're saying is, this is how it was. That's not how it is now. We need to get back to that. And they'll say, because it's important. And, and I push back a little bit. I'll say it is important, but there's an end, but it's really about comfort. Because here's where I push back a lot on people. They'll say, I can't build relationships and rapport virtually. No way. I mean, that's this, this I call totally is disagree. prime example. What? Well, I totally agree too. Cause I can tell you right now, like Kaleem, I'm going to use know a you. specific example with you. <laughs> we met on zoom. We had a conversation, a little bit of business. Who are you? We had a bourbon together. And I really yep. feel like if, if the opportunity presents and we meet when, in person, when, when the opportunity, when it happens that we're going to sit down and we're going to have a bourbon and a cigar and we're going to hug it out. I'm coming. And it's going to be awesome. <laughs> well, this can happen here. But so many people are saying it doesn't happen here. That's, and I think that's right. bullshit. To your point, it it's got to be intentional, yeah. maybe Correct. more so than before. Takes effort. But we can make it happen here. Absolutely. Right. Not, not only that, but have you noticed all of the dating apps lately? No, well, I have. You probably haven't. You probably <laughs> No, I have. I'm saying the, commercial, the commercials, the commercials, right? The commercial. I saw a match commercial the other night. They've all added video chat. And now I, I heard Bumble, they've added video chat. And they're saying that it's going to increase the chances of, of building a, a lasting relationship with someone because you get an opportunity to build some rapport first. Yeah. Duh. I mean, it's obvious. Yeah. It's obvious. And then, so I, I did want to stay on, on, on that thing of, of social connections because like basically there are three real big problems that I'm kind of addressing for, for remote work as managers, lack of access to information, those are your employees, we talked about that. This one, lack of social interaction, so we talked about informal communications need to be intentional in the office. We're talking about in-office connections, communications, intentional with that. 
but the out of off social connections, we were talking about how bad loneliness is for your health. It's as dangerous as being an alcoholic and twice as dangerous as obesity. That's how serious isolation and loneliness is. So as a manager, you're doing great with your internal stuff. Well, you may need to have some offerings. I bet you that that company you mentioned, what's the name of the company that got great? Centric uh, Consulting. Yep. I bet you that they probably have some great perks. For example, maybe they give you a subscription to that Calm app to meditate. Maybe they give you um, a remote. um, When this is all over, you get a... um, you get a pass for um, the gym. Um, maybe when this is all over, and even during the pandemic, you can do marathons, giving people, um, you know, the, the the virtual marathons. Like you have to also think about the person outside of work. So yeah. I would definitely focus on that. And then the 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 last challenge, and I think we kind of talked. Yeah, we already did talk about it. Is really the lack of face to face supervision. So those are the three challenges. So that that last one. Is, is what's been going on in my mind. And I'm, I'm thinking about how the, the effect of effective delegation versus, hey, here's this piece of work and you know we're just totally missing on what's, what's being required. You know? Right, so are you talking about face-to-face supervision? Well, I'm talking about, when we're talking about supervision, you know, whether it's remote versus face-to-face, I think the, the effect of somebody's, capability to delegate is really obvious now <laughs> because if they don't do it well capability I'm, to delegate i like that i'm stealing that for sure. <laughs> yeah but if you're if you're doing you know if you're trying to run you know a, a team and you're delegating work and you're not doing that effectively there's going to be a lot of misses which is going to mean um, pushing out the timelines, busting mm-hmm. budgets, you know, all sorts of other impacts. And so that skill is actually going to be really, really important as we continue to work remotely. Oh, geez. That's, that is great, man. Well, I think there's yeah, a change in that though, because, uh, because I'm a, there's, you ha- still have to delegate differently though. And I know that okay. more less so from remote working, although my, my team member is remote for the last mm-hmm. almost three years or coming up in three years. But I go back to when I first hired a virtual assistant. Yeah. I had to learn to delegate differently, even though I was a great delegator, but I was a great delegator with someone close to me. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. if they were close, pop, pop, I was I really good at handing pop. off. But we yeah. also had so much trust. They would say, can I just take stuff? I go, yeah, they would yeah. take stuff. But that can't happen virtually. I have mm-hmm. to take the steps. So there's a lot back to that word of intentionality yeah. and thoughtfulness. Yeah. To yeah. be, even if I'm a good delegator in person, I may not be a good delegator remotely yeah. until I get some new muscles. You right. know, this is fascinating. I, I, I'm definitely going to add this to my toolbox of things that I want to learn more about for sure. Cause I've ne- I never really like, it just kind of, I just kind of thought like, Hey, you know, you just got to trust your teammates and let, you know, build that trust. But you're absolutely correct. Craig. That's a great, that's a great point of, of being a, a a skillful delegator, but one thing I kind of wanted to, to, to mention, putting this on the manager, but also on the employee. Um, for us, we call the remote employee experience. We have an acronym. Sorry to bring it back to blend, but we have an acronym called um, Tree, <laughs> the remote employee experience, and the T kind of the T stands for trust. Uh huh. We already talked about trust, and the 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 
um, the R stands for responsibility. And as an employee, you have to be responsible to, to get your job done. But then you also have to take on the responsibility to speak up when you haven't had tasks delegated to you. Right. Right. Whenever you're having those challenges. But in order to do that, leadership, and I, you know, I, I love this term. Um, leadership has to provide like a, psych, a psychologically safe environment. Psychological Absolutely. safety is critical. Yep. Even more critical in remote work now. Amen. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot. I mean, it's, 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 it's a lot of work to, to do this correctly. But, but so is leadership, right? It's, it's not falling off a log. It's something that we have to be intentional about taking care of our people. It's being intentional about our relationships. It's being intentional about our connectedness. Well, and I think, I think to your point, uh, Kaleem, one of the gifts of COVID that I've been sharing with teams, I just shared it this week, is COVID required almost every business to deal with the reality that they were making decisions that affected the physical health of their team members, literally life and death. Yeah. Whereas most businesses, that's not their reality. Most businesses mm-hmm. are not making life and death decisions. This COVID, they've had to, but for me, that says, okay, we had to think about our people's safety. Safety is top of mind, but now we're going to go beyond it to what you said, psycho- psychological safety, emotional safety. And you know, the phrase I came up with is, I'm encouraging leaders to get, stop thinking about return on investment, think about return on safety. What's the return to your business when you create an environment where it is safe to all the things? It's safe, you know, we're going to look out for you in terms of the isolationism. We're going to partner with you, not look out. We're going to partner with you. We're going to make it a culture where it's safe to ask questions and to have these conversations that we typically avoid. So I think it's cool, it's cool in a way that COVID has given us a word that we can now take to a deeper level with our teams. Right. It's almost like it, it's almost like it, it, it put people first. Imagine that, huh? Yeah. Imagine that. Like well, That's one of our phrases, yeah. people first. Yeah. Right. Like imagine all. So now what I've found funny is like, oh, oh, now everybody wants to take, talk to HR now. Now everybody <laughs> wants to, and I never really considered myself in the HR field, which is kind of weird. I always considered myself kind of in the, um, 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 you know, lifelong learner field, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I didn't really thought of it, but it's like, yeah, I guess I, you know, it's human, it's human, like yeah. human resources, right? But a lot of companies, you know, they, the managers, they're, they're thinking, well, you know, why do I have to take care of my people? They should be taking care of themselves, right? Why, why do I have to do all of this work? I'm paying them, <laughs> right? They should be doing their own. But I, I think that when, when we look at the, the culture that that creates is very different from the culture of, you know what, we're going to look out for you. We're not going to take care of you. We're not your mom, right? But mm-hmm. we, we do want to make sure that you're connected, that you're safe, that you're, you have all the things that you need to be successful in the job that we've hired you for and that you're getting, getting along well outside of work as well so that when you do come to work, you're going to be more effective. It's not yeah. just for that reason, but right. definitely. Impactful. I mean, if you have to find, you know, the return on investment, I love safety. I love that term too. 
That's exactly right. But like I, the, the comment that you said that we're not your mom, well, maybe you are. You know what I'm saying? Like, like Google created a whole campus where they're doing your laundry, they have daycare, they have, you know, they're taking care of all the stressors outside of life that impacts your ability to work. Okay. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, like that was, that was there. They didn't do, listen, they didn't do that for the fun of it. Let's, let's just, let's just not trip on that. Like they didn't, they didn't build a whole campus just because, Ooh, we felt like it was going to be great. No, no. Well, I mean, look at the, look at the factors that they're looking at here. They want productivity, but they also want to be able to attract the best minds. And so the best minds who know that they have mobility across jobs can choose to work where they want. Yep. And so are you going to choose to work somewhere where they're, they're beating you down and no, you know, that's investment banking, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, so, I mean, and I, and I find that that's funny, like, you know, at post COVID now, now back to that question at the beginning, um, we want you all back. What's going to happen when the CEO of the company says we're all coming back to the office because um, we need you all back in the office because well, we just need a better culture. I think what's going to happen is it depends on whether people can find other jobs. <laughs> That's exactly it. That's exactly it. People are going to start looking like, you know, the, the people who have, the people who don't feel trapped and, 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 and the people who don't feel like that they can't, find other employment, even the person who might've been there 30 years. Yeah. Be like, you know what? Let me just go on Indeed real quick. Yeah. Type in I, my title. I like, I like working on my couch or <laughs> in my bed or <laughs> you know, wherever it is you work. I don't want to drive to downtown Atlanta in that traffic. <laughs> Not every day anyway. Right. <laughs> Colleen, Colleen, this has been so good. And I, I had fun, which I, so I had fun. I hope you did. And also I got challenged. I'm thinking about some new things. I even have some new phrases. So you'll probably see this from me. Craig will see this from me soon. Probably uh -oh. a, a bed talk. Something you said about <laughs> COVID put people first. The question is, will we keep them there? Ooh, Ooh great, great topic right yeah, there. So there's, that's going to be a bed talk in the next yeah, couple of days. So thanks for that one. gift. So we always ask all of our guests, Kaleem, what is there anything in particular you want to promote or make sure our listeners know about you or blend me? Um, for blend me, we have what we call the remote employee experience assessment. So if you just want to know how your remote employee experience is, okay, go to our website, fill it out. It's free. And we send you a report card right away. That kind of gives you um, a gauge on how your remote employee experience is at your office. Hmm. Um, supervisors can take it. Employees can take it. It's just something that we came up with to kind of give, you know, to kind of tell you what it's like. Um, the other thing that I would love to, 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 to give a shout out to is um, Remotely One. Remotely One is a community that we created at Blend um, for location independent professionals. So you have to apply and you have to be currently working um, in some capacity being remote. And that community um, you know, we have a, a great Slack community with almost 1,200 people in it. Um, we have a nice little email list, but we also are developing a relationship app. <laughs> That's right. A relationship app for uh, remote work professionals only. So, again, you have to apply to, to, to be able to use it. 
and you can you can uh, schedule events where you have uh, for friends. So there's a friends environment where you just want to meet other remote workers, and it sets up a video call just like uh, Lunch Club and all those other ones. Um, and then of course there's a dating environment where you go into that environment and you're looking to date other people who are also remote. And then there's a career environment. So check out Remotely One. Well, that's fantastic. That is new. That is new. Good for you. Uh, And how do people get in touch with you? I know we'll have the website in the show notes, but how do they reach out to you? What's the best way to connect? Yeah, I'm on uh, LinkedIn and Twitter, um, both Colleen Clarkson, K-A-L-E-E-M-C-L-A-R-K-S-O-N, all one word. So at Twitter, I'm at Colleen Clarkson, LinkedIn, um, you know, is it LinkedIn slash IN slash Colleen Clarkson. Awesome. Well, thank you for that. And, and Colleen, we always wrap up with a question or two. Uh, in the interest of time, we're going to do one. So I'm going to okay. go with, you've shared a lot of wisdom. I, I want to hear about a book. What's one okay, book cool. you recommend to our listeners? All right. So we just, I, I'm so happy because I just got this book. Um, Emotional Intelligence, Why It Can Matter More Than IQ by Daniel Goldman. Oh, Daniel Goldman um, is awesome. Yes, he's awesome. Yeah, yeah. That emotional intelligence, um, it's it's powerful right now with all mm-hmm. of the, you know, with all the social unrest, yeah. um, wildfires, the election, Black Lives Matters, um, you know, leaders need to, leaders need to pay attention and recognize um, employees emotional feelings their feelings and and have some sort of (laughs) emotional intelligence you know like you gotta have some some emotional intelligence um so yeah i would highly 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 recommend that you know understanding that sending out you know maybe a message to your whole team saying all lives matters may not be (laughs) (laughs) right that's happened that's happened. That's not having has. very high. That's not that. having very high emotional intelligence, or sending out a message saying, "Let's let's let's burn down the sales when people live in California." Like, yeah, it's right. probably it's probably not the right thing to to, to be talking about. So yes, emotional intelligence by Well, thank you for that, Kaleem, and thanks for being here and uh, bringing all you brought today. Very yep. grateful. Great to meet you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. If you like this podcast, you'll love the Cartavera Tribe. The Cartavera Tribe is a community of growth-committed leaders who want to connect, engage, and grow themselves, their people, and their businesses. Cartavera is a leadership development ecosystem with training, coaching, assessments, and events to challenge you and help you grow. And the Cartavera Tribe is a membership like none other. You'll get live access to Craig and Jeff where you can ask questions, as well as masterminds where you can get answers from other leaders who've already solved your greatest challenges. You'll have access to additional interviews and a variety of courses, tools, and resources to help you achieve your biggest goals. We have monthly game days where we have challenges and competitive games to help you grow your leadership capabilities. And you'll get a personal growth Sherpa who will guide you to help you reach your growth goals. To find out more, go to cartavera.com. That's C-A-R-D-I-V-E-R-A.com. See you on the inside. Do you love news about LinkedIn, Indeed, Google, and just about every other recruitment tech company out there? Hell yeah. 
I'm Chad. I'm Cheese. We're the Chad and Cheese Podcast. All the latest recruiting news and insights are on our show. Dripping in snark and attitude. Subscribe today wherever you listen to your podcasts. We We out. out.